Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a bonus episode. This is our amateur spotlight. Uh, the reason why I actually brought this up is because I was watching Demolition Fight Series, uh, the Wayne Carl promotion in, in Melbourne, and Alfred Stoddart put on a, a very impressive display against Owen Duggan. Uh, he's a 5-2 and two amateur, and I was posting about him, and basically uh, Alfred hit me up uh, on Instagram, on Australian MMA underscore, and said, hey, mate, um, when are you going to have me on? And I don't normally have amateurs on uh, just because, you know, there's that many professionals I want to I want to get through uh, on the fight scene. But I like the cut of his jib, as they say. And uh, I'm really, really glad I, I had him on. He, he took this interview at like 10 o'clock at night in Victoria. He's got an incredible... Uh, intellect and and uh, desire about the sport. It's very interesting the way he plays almost mental chess with everyone. And even though he's an amateur, he actually in this interview goes on to call out essentially the best welterweight in Australia and has been for, for, for many years in, in Kit the Killer Campbell. Uh, so it's very, very intriguing. I'm I'm very I'm very interested in where this man is headed and his his fighting is 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 next level too. He's a good good jujitsu practitioner, an amazing striker. And I think he's just he's got it up top. Like uh, like we said, he's a uh, he works in 3D art, and he, he's just incredibly intelligent, and he can he put it together on the feet. And I'm, I'm really interested in, in to see what he's got next. He's got 10 fights planned and whatnot. I won't spoil it too much, but but stick around. This is like if you're a hardcore, hardcore, hardcore fan. Um, still check out episode eight uh, if you're a bit new to the sport and you want to kind of catch up on what's been happening in the week. Uh, then if you're a little bit more hardcore, check out David Martinez's interview for Eternal MMA 74 coming up. And then if you're double hardcore, this is an amateur fighter on the regional Australian scene. So, you know, in a couple of years, you could see him in David's spot and then eventually in Antonio Caruso's spot, which you can also see and hear on episode eight. So do check it out. Follow us, Australian MMA underscore. But right now, Alfred Stoddart. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line, uh, Alfred Christopher Jack Stoddart, which we just <laughs> we just found out. Uh, as you said, your words for the whitest names uh, ever. I will always get work. Well, I'll always get interviews, and then they'll be shocked, and they won't be able to turn me away if I get work. So yes, that's true. Now, mate, reason why I got you on is almost like a bit of an amateur spotlight. Five and two currently on the amateur scene. You put an absolute. Uh, clinic on uh, at the last demolition series against Ian uh, Dugan, and you you looked crystal clean in your stand up. First of all, just talking about the fight, how did you feel it all went? Uh, I felt it went like really well. I've been in the amateurs when I started twenty eight nineteen, the end of twenty nineteen. Uh, I've been using the amateurs. I, everything I've done from jiu-jitsu to my kickboxing matches has all been for MMA when I go in the pros. So I, I know how to... When I was doing jiu-jitsu, for instance, I did like around, I think, 13, 40 comps in a year. Got up to like 50 matches. But it was all no gi because I'm like, I'm doing this for MMA. Like, going in the gi doesn't do anything for this. Yeah, 
And then kickboxing matches, they got annoying because they were supposed to be Muay Thai development days. So you're supposed to do the Muay Thai stance and everything. Yeah. And I'm there in a full MMA stance playing distance. And the guy who organizes is just consistently getting more and more pissed off that MMA fighters keep showing up to use it as developmental for their yeah. striking. He's like, this is for Muay Thai. He's playing the Muay Thai music in the background. The and this guy's just fucking standing long like yeah. Conor McGregor. And he's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop it. And he's Did just hoping to... the Muay Thai guys just fuck us up. And he... no. Yeah. Did you have to do the Y crew and all that at the start with the head oh, yeah. and the dance? The other guy did, but I was like full MMA stance. Just like, let's let's play one shot, two shot inside out. One, two, three, one, two, three. And the guy, and he just wanted them to like leg kick us and like attack us. It was like, no, we can work distance pretty well. But uh, in the amateurs, I know it's like, uh, it's not about building a record for the most part. It's about building your skills till you're mm. there. So the first guy I fought had like two fights on me. I had no fights at that point, And my camp was a little bit, we we're still trying to figure out how to actually do an MMA camp as the <laughs> first person to fight out of the gym. It was janky as all hell. But uh, Ben, my head coach is like precise with like the jujitsu, the striking and all that stuff. It's just putting it together in an MMA camp. We did that. Uh, that was a he was a good well rounder. He had good takedowns. He had good striking, and I managed to break his arm in the second round. He like he he was weird. I, I had him in a dos choke, dead to rights, and then he's he's about to tap, but his coach yells like "pick him up!" and I can his head's like tucked under my armpit, and he's like I'm like. Dude, I outweigh you by a lot. You're not picking me up while I'm in a fully locked in, like locked in guard thing. And he just starts picking me up. I'm, I'm getting off the floor. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Holy shit. And he slams me just out of there. And then he puts his hand on my face. And I'm like shocked because he slammed right out of the out of, right out of the doctor. He puts his hand on my face. I'm like, thank you. And I take his arm and break it. But uh, second round, second fight was a well-rounded jujitsu guy. I, I went to wrestle with him. So I always go into where people are better. Yeah, I, I want to experience what they're best at so I can actually not go in the pros and then someone's like, he's got shit wrestling and then just yeah. wrestles me the entire time. Like, I want to experience it here where the losses don't mean shit. And it's like, I get to experience all of it. So even with... uh, And then at this point with Owen, it was very much like, I've experienced all the stuff. D was a really good striker. Uh, Christian Lapham, really, really good striker. And I basically mirrored his striking, which is like... I could have just wrestled a lot more. I could have just done a little bit different striking, but I was like, I'm going to mirror your style. I want to see where you can hit me doing this so that when I go in the pros, I want to see where someone could hit me doing this. And once I got to Owen, it's like, I've, I've, I know at this point, not many people are going to want to take fights. I waited like four months. I was supposed to fight in November last year. 40 people said no, including one of them was a pro. Uh, so I'm like, there's very little chance I'm going to get any fights, even if I do this fight and I try playing judo with Owen. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I'm done. I'm done picking and choosing what I do. I'm just going to actually fight people the way I know I can. And the way the people who spar me know I can. And I was, and that was the result. It was like, it just felt calm and easy for me. So how, how old are you now? And uh, you're fighting out of uh, straight blast gym in, in um, Sydney. Has that always been your gym? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I started training um, 29 and I started training in 2017, 2018 after like not doing any training at all besides watching YouTube videos and training on my heavy bag, like at 125 kilos, throwing like 720 hook kicks and shit. What are you I now? Them off some dude I'm um, now I walk around 95, 96, but wow, like so I got down before my fight would. 
Oh yeah, before my fight with D, I was I was walking around 88, 89. That's that's my actual fit walk around rate before I start cutting and all that other stuff. I I like ballooned up and stuff. I my PT uh Rob, he we did some strength and conditioning stuff and I got up to like 96 and I was like that's good. So I brought myself down to 93 through the camp and then I cut from there. But when I was 125, I was I was massive. The only thing that made me go down is I fought a few kickboxing matches at heavyweight, and I got a fat guy, a fat guy, and then I got someone who was slightly bigger. He was like fit, but he had a six pack, but it jiggled when he jumped, and it made no sense. And then as I was walking out of that fight, one in the second round of that fight, in the first round of that fight, I'm like fucking up pretty well, and then I switch stances. And he just barely touches my chin, like barely like just reaches out and everything goes white. And I'm like, I grab him and I go the next, the rest of the fight. I'm like hands here and I managed to win the fight. But at that moment, I realized like size matters. Like if he had realized all he had to do was just repeatedly touch me just like this and he'd have knocked me flat out cold. It's like, I'm the size difference is insane. And then as I'm walking out of that fight, I see these massive tree trunks like this far above my head walking into this kickboxing gym and i'm like one day i'm gonna draw one of these guys instead of a fat guy and it's not gonna end well <laughs> and then i then i started cutting weight <laughs> and like where did it all like going back to where it all started like why did you get into mma and why uh sbg if you wanted to go into mma because although everyone knows you know the the irish sbg uh, for Conor McGregor and Owen Roddy and all, all those John Kavanaugh, those guys in Australia, it's weirdly been more of a jiu-jitsu gym, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think with SVG, it was, at first there was no actual intent to get an MMA fight. I just wanted to learn how to do all the stuff because I started watching MMA in 2010, 2011 uh, out of high school. And I was kind of just watching it as a fan. I, you know, I was on my couch for the most part. I was studying 3D art. So I'm literally on my bed what, playing video games every single day and not doing much, much things athletic besides hitting a heavy bag every now and then. Mm. And after I, I just just about finished school and uh, just on a whim, I was like, eh, maybe I'll join the gym. I was still in Centrelink at the time and it offered <laughs> me just enough money that I could I could like use one of the fortnightly payments yeah. for for a gym membership and i signed up i like made an inquiry on the email to svg because i liked what kavanaugh had said about the gym in general just as like that upgrading your software without damaging your hardware i didn't want to go yeah. to a gym where you know it's the end of the week people are frustrated it's like i want to fight somebody it's sparring and then they just yeah. fuck each other up for the sake yeah. of fucking each other up i'm like i want to actually i because in my mind i was like there's no way I'm too late. It's like, I'm 23. There's no way I'm going to get in this sport and be any good. That's mm. for guys who are like 17, 18, 16 and stuff like that. So I'm thinking like, I don't want to go to a gym so I can just get my brains bashed in. I just want to learn the skills. And um, yeah, so SBG, that idea of like, you know, we are, you get your software upgraded without damaging your hardware. Uh, let me uh, like put an inquiry. And luckily Ben actually called me because I was about to pussy out. Like I like I always do, and he called me while I'm in school, and he's like, "Yo, how do you want to?" I'm just like, "I'm in, I'm in school." He's like, "Yeah, so you're coming in today?" I'm just like, "Well, I can't say no. I'm a beta right now, so yes, I will be coming in." <laughs> oh, <laughs> I came in, and he's like, "Yeah," he mounted me, and he's like, "Get out of mount," and I'm like, trying, and I'm like outweighing him by a lot, and he's just like barely moving. So I'm like, okay, 
I, I think I think I'll start training here. So you're six years in uh, to the the career uh, essentially. Um, what what's the plan? I mean, you, you're five and two amateur. Is the next fight professional? Where are the goals from here? Well, I wanted to fight Jacob Lepraz, like you saw at the end of that time, but he ran the fuck away. Uh, <laughs> um, the plan was to def- either get. I, I wrote down a goal. I've been writing down goals since last year for my coach. And the goal for this year was two amateur title, amateur titles, and then I think four pro professional fights. That was wow. the goal for it because I barely get injured, and the way I train and the way we train in general, I'm pretty good at like. I don't have any ego, so if there's a position where someone's about to win, and I might break my arm or something if I really force it. I just flop to my back and then have to deal with whatever they're doing, which makes it me so comfortable. If I get taken down, I'm like, I'm used to being here. And I'll work my way back up. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, I, I don't get injured that much. I train every single day, three times a day. Um, I, I can do six. I can do maybe six, seven fights if I get an opponent is the issue. The issue now is I wanted the next fight to be Laprage. He ran away back to welterweight after talking shit right back to me, saying he's not. He's like I earned a shot at the real champ. And I'm like, cool, that means you'll fight me, right? And then he's like, I, know, I got to talk to my coaches about well, welterweight or not welterweight. I'm like, there's a whole lot of stuff here going on between man man and man. I'm saying we'll fight, and now you're adding coaches. And then it gets announced he's fighting a welterweight. And I'm like, fine, stay at welterweight. But uh, yeah, with him not gone, I don't – I uh, Wayne's currently looking for an opponent for me for May – 27th i've told him if he can't find one by mid-april to look for pros because yeah. i'll just make my pro debut then because i'm not fighting any amateur fights past may everything is everything's pro from that point on so i'm hoping there might be a chance i can fight someone for the path to hex middleweight championship in april 21st and then jump into demolition uh urban fight night's got a card going i got a lot of like I'm like told every promoter to find me a fight. <laughs> yeah, good luck, whoever you are. Find me a fight. Australia, New Zealand, whatever you can. Find me a fight. I'll take it. Wow. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I it's gotten to the point where I'm not holding my breath whatsoever when it comes to the amateurs at the moment. Something's happened in Australia recently. It's just I don't know. When I started it in 2018, it's like everyone was gung ho. They knew the amateurs is where you test yourself. Now it's like everyone wants to pull out of every single fight. I think it got a little bit too much exposure on the amateurs. So now they like really take their fight seriously. There's guys with undefeated records where you're like, you haven't been tested by half the people I've been tested on. Like my second fight, my third fight ever was with Emil Giris, who was at the time seven fights in and a former middleweight champion. And I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> like, when am I going to fight a like six foot six extremely athletic young striker who with who's knocked out most of his opponents i don't want to have to experience that first time in the pros <laughs> like here it doesn't matter if i lose <laughs> it's 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 very funny you say that because um callum potter who fought in the ufc out of resilience in melbourne he's he's big on that where he's like you don't want to get exposed when you're a pro you'd rather have all your losses fight every different type like instead of picking records you should almost be picking body types as an amateur like like you said like okay i got this judo guy i got this jiu-jitsu guy i've done that i want a boxing guy like you should if you're gonna pick fights pick it like that in amateur but yeah you're right like 
guys, some guys have really high level sponsorships as an amateur. So it's like they're protecting yeah. this like amateur career. And that's obviously not the route you want to go. Oh yeah. Cause I can just see pros just licking their lips for most of these guys. Like I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of the guys in the topology thing who are like ranked ahead of me and ranked higher. And I did look at the guys they beat and it's like they've been some quality guys but when they had a big experience advantage or there's always something that's leaning to their side and i'm like i know the pros there's a few fighters who i'm like looking at them i'm like you have no jujitsu but you're undefeated and i'm like and there is one middleweight champion somewhere who's like got no gas tank after the first round if you survive his blitz you can basically kill him and i'm like the pros are going to kill you because that that experience gap is so deep in the pros. Like here, a guy who's like, I was going to fight uh, Ben Johnston yeah. in Eternal, but Cam was like, hey, that's a bit much for your first fight. And I was like, okay, let me look him up. Why do you say he's only two and one? I was using like amateur mindset. And then I looked him up and I was like, world Muay Thai champion, 26 knockouts. I'm like, wow, two and one is significantly different in the, in the pros. I'm going to fight him eventually probably next year but like it's like okay like this this hill is really steep when it goes in the pros and if you've been avoiding like amateurs who yeah. are just different body types the pros are looking at you like oh good you have a name now and you have sponsorships and you have videos and you can't wrestle brilliant uh, just well, <laughs> this is the thing i wanted to ask you too is like is there a pro out there right now just what who is the guy out there that you really want to fight uh, I want all of them for the most part. I like I said, I'm still hunting. I'm still hunting body types and still hunting like different challenges. But for the most part, it's like I want that full five minutes for that first fight. For that first fight, I don't give a shit. I'll do everything. I my my coach is not gonna like this. I'm gonna do everything I can to make that fight go the entire distance. <laughs> <laughs> like I want that full that full fifteen minutes. Of five five minute rounds, three five minute rounds to really work my pacing, work my timing. I'm pretty good with protecting myself and not getting hit. So I'm, I wanted, I want to be tested in every way, win or loss on that first fight, just so I can really get a. Because once I get comfortable with the situation, I'm intelligent enough to know how to completely destroy it. Like if I spar most people, it takes me about two rounds and I'll figure them out, and that's it. That once I figure them out every single thing i stop playing with whatever i'm doing not that i'm better than them but i'm just i started the sport so late that my brain had developed doing a whole and what i do for work is 3d art so it's attention to detail you need to know if something way off in a little corner which you're trying to replicate into a 3d object is sloping or going straight so when i and i'm a fan of the i'm a fan of fighting in general i watch three hour long videos on fucking Hagler versus Hearns and just boxing and MMA. And every day there isn't a single day and a single hour where I'm not watching a fight and breaking it down and watching every bit, putting it in slow motion, doubling the time, watching it again. So it's like, for me, it's like, I just have to defeat me, which is when I get comfortable stuff, like what happened in the last fight happens. Cause I got comfortable in that fight. And I was like, I started moving around and it was like, Oh, this is, this is easy until he grabbed me. And I was like, going for my frame, I'm like, mm. you're made of mahogany. What the <laughs> fuck is going on here? I started talking to him in the in the end of the first round. He pins me up against the fence. I'm like, 
you're really, really strong. And then he like ignored me and I need him in the gut. And then he's like, he punched me. I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, started laughing it off. But yeah, once I'm comfortable, I can do shit like talking in the ring. Cause I know I'm not too, I'm too dumb to know I'm in danger, but also I know exactly where the danger is. Like I, I'm never switched off on knowing like if my chin gets touched. I'm out. And I treat, every fighter I train for as if they're Adesanya and Pereira and John Jones mixed into one. Uh, yeah. Like for Owen, I trained about 120 sessions for eight weeks. It's It was a lot. It was like three times a day, as hard as I can between SPG and MMAFT. I was going between them because like there's no point treating. And the way Ben, my head coach, he's like, you can win a round, but if your chin flew up just a little bit midway through that round, you're getting reprimanded. You're like, what the fuck was that? You're yeah. like thinking, fuck, I really did bad this round until you see the tape and you realize like, no, I did well. It's just that gets me caught. Like yeah. if I, even if I'm dominating a round, why give the guy an advantage? Give him a, why give him a chance when you can just put your chin down and he has no chance to beat you. So I have a perfect system kind of going around where it's like, I want them all. I want whoever it is. Yeah. At the lot- moment I was looking at uh, the world number, the number one guy in thingy. I think it's Kit something. Kit Campbell. He's ranked number one. To, yeah. I was like, oh, that'll be a fun fight. I like that. I can kick also. He's a softball, I think. Do a fight Kit Campbell. You can wrestle. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> you can wrestle. I can wrestle. He can kick. I can kick pretty good. He's big. I'm, I'm big. He has I that love- stoic look on his face when he comes forward the entire time. And I'm just like, I can make fun of that while we're fighting. So it's all good. What, what, why, why not? What way are you going to fight out at pro? Middleweight. Yeah, I couldn't make Walterweight to save my life, which is why I was so mad Laprage took a Walterweight fight. I told I told Wayne last year I'll take a Walterweight fight because I was so desperate to fight and delusional. And then I actually started like like eating like a normal person and then lifting weights like a normal actual athlete. And I haven't made I haven't made anything close to 85 kilos since I was 12. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> it's not uh, happening <laughs> i mean i mean look yeah. uh, kit campbell is a welterweight could make could make middleweight but uh <laughs> isn't he middleweight he's ranked number one in the middleweight rank who we got Let me, i'll actually of... find i'll find this out for you exactly so we can exactly find it out topology needs help if kit campbell is a welterweight then no nah, they did topology is definitely doing real it would definitely be me uh topology they're actually doing really good stuff with all their rankings and 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 whatnot. Um, yep. Do you mean ranked Kevin Jusset? Nope. R- ranked number one in Australia and the pros is Kit Campbell, and right underneath him is the Arm Collector Bogan, the Arm Collector Anderson. Wait a minute. This is yeah. Some of these guys are waterweights. Like Kevin Jusset is a waterweight. Uh, yeah, he recently. Rankings. He recently, Kevin just recently went up. He's kind of bounced around. He went up and got the middleweight belt. Kit Campbell is is definitely more of a a, a welterweight. Um, although he has, I believe, fought um middleweight before. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, that I would like-, like to fight John Martin Fraser. John Martin Fraser is my favorite fighter. Is really? next to Josh Togo. Josh come- Togo is my favorite fighter right now because he's a southpaw and he just he's so slick. But John Martin Fraser, I just. That's a student of the game right there. Like, there's so many things he does in a fight where I'm just like, 
that's stuff that most regular fighters don't do because they didn't watch an old boxer way back when. He knows when to pressure, when not to pressure. You're like, in this fight with Kit, it was so great. He just realized, like, if I throw this cross, he's going to fire back this hard, full-force cross as fast as he can, and maybe he'll throw a high kick. So he's just started picking at him with this cross repeatedly to get him to bait that cross, his shot back out repeatedly. Hit him, slid out, and, like, high-elbowed, one, two, and then started just hitting him to the body bit by bit and wore him down over the course of, like, two rounds and then took him out. And it was just so slick to, like, Kit at the moment just did not realize it was happening. He was just thinking, kill, 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 kill. And John's just doing little things bit by bit, wrestle him at the right time, attack him again, wrestle him at the right time, attack him again, and being so comfortable with that amount of fire being thrown at you because Kit seems to throw really fucking hard. And he's just so comfortable knowing, like, technique will rule over. I step in with this cross and make sure my chin is down, my hand is up. When I exit out, I exit out to the left with my high elbow. Nothing he does is going to actually hurt and knowing when to actually fight him rather than just constantly keep backing off after you throw a shot. It's just, he's just so good. Wow. He's leg- He legitimately scares me in a fun way. And I'm like, that would be a fun fight because we'd wrestle, we'd strike. I think he'd get the better of me right now because <laughs> I, haven't had, I haven't gone five minutes, but... Man, I know I'd get the better of him eventually, and I just want—I just want to have a a full deci- a full decision wall. I don't want to have a knockout. I want us both to like go full skills to the ball balls to wall and just go at it. That'll be just that'll be such a fun fight. So half of this is like it's almost like I mean, winning and losing seems to obviously like matter to you, but I feel like it's more about like you've just got this excitement of of getting in the cage with these guys and seeing what they do, and you look at it more like it's problem solving rather than winning and losing. Oh, yeah. Like Dana said, records are for DJs. <laughs> like, my thing is to put entertaining fights on and actually, like, challenge myself. What's the point of running away from all the toughest people just so I can make it to the UFC and get beaten up by the toughest people? <laughs> if I can't beat them now, then I can't. If I can't beat them, then I can't beat them. Like, what's what's the point of hiding from it? If I lose a split decision and I'm like, oh, if I go back to the – I want to know what I'm doing wrong. Like yeah. only every single loss I've ever had, whether it's jujitsu or str- or MMA, I've come back four times stronger because I knew what I was doing wrong. My loss to Christian, I knew my chain wrestling was bad. My initial wrestling was okay. My weight cutting, my refueling was terrible. I walked into that cage at 86 kilos after cutting from 91 because I didn't refuel properly. And Christian was 91. So I'm like, that was a refueling issue. And that's my first flight, my first fight interstate. So I was in a different place. My All the places where I usually get food and refuel weren't there. I spent a little bit too much time fucking walking around the Gold Coast, having just looking at shit, uh, being a tourist, <laughs> and just watching people be chaotic. Like some lady, and there's a little tangent, but it was funny as hell. This family was there, and the dad tells the, girl, the daughter not to put her hair in the water, and she does anyway, and he gets sick of it and just picks up the sun and just starts walking away. And then the mom just like grabs a water bottle and just shoves it in front of the daughter, she gets upset, runs over to the dad. The dad's obviously like, well, you fell in the fucking water tank. I told you not to put your hair in the water. And the mom's just like there, like all smug. And I'm like, I've never seen this interaction ever happen in real life ever. <laughs> but at the same time, I should have been refueling instead of watching real life reality TV. Yeah, but right. then with Christian, it's like I mirrored him too many times. I respected him way too much. I read, I watched tape on him and I made him 
way bigger in my mind. Like he lands really good kicks. He's got lots of feints and lots of different movements. But I'm reading that and thinking he'll do that until he throws a head kick and he lands them really fast. But he throws a head kick and I've done Muay Thai already. I've done kickboxing already. I block it like I block every other head kick and I realize like this wasn't white lightning. This wasn't like that. It was just a head kick. Everything he throws, I'm seeing it and I'm like realizing like all this stuff is just the rig. He has two legs and two arms like everybody else. And I guess I had to like, I have a little bit of imposter syndrome. I convinced myself like it's not as easy as you're looking at it. It's got to be harder. Like there's no way this guy is undefeated and no one wants to fight him. And he's just fucking up all these people. And everyone says he's good. There's no way he's as simple as you're thinking he is. But when I think someone's as simple as I actually think they are, what happens? The last fight happens because I'm just like, I'm there like, cool. Owen's got really strong punches. He, he's really strong. He grabbed Christian and submitted him in 40 seconds. Me and him went three rounds and I grabbed him a few times. I couldn't get him down. It's like, he's really strong. He's a judo Olympian. So he'll launch me on my head. Okay. Whatever. Like, does he know how to strike? Does he strike properly? Does he step through with these punches? No. And then as I'm looking at him, he'll throw his punch and I'm just out of range. And in my head, it's like, why would you ever throw that punch? You know, you're out of range and you're bringing your head towards me. And I just crack him with a cross right there. Just like, why'd you do that? Move around. Why'd you do that? Oh, he's going for my leg. Switch head kick right away. It's like, why'd you do that also? Come on. You should be playing. I'm playing pressures. I'm playing games that like Hagler and Hearns and all those have to play because like you have, you have 10 rounds and you know, you're not knocking out your opponent. You have to fight them. You play games. You have to switch it up. You have to be a pressure fighter, then switch to an outside fighter, then an inside fighter, then all these different styles. And it's like, I'm playing that game and I'm watching it happen. And I'm like, you're not, you're still reacting to move, move left, right. Throw a single shot, throw a single shot, go two. I've beaten that my first two lessons in the gym. I know how to deal with that easily when I don't get in my own way. When I get in my own way and you throw a cross and I overreact because I'm like, he almost caught me right there. It's like, no, he didn't. Wow. I spark heavyweights. Man, I, I, Them I hitting love it. Me- I, I, I really do. I love it. I love it. I love it how much you, you, you break it down and, and you go through it all. Does it mean, I've got to ask you this, do you want to make it to the UFC? Like, do you want to turn this into a career? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think I will make it. I know I will make it. One, because I've seen the bottom end of the UFC's fucking middleweight division. I know I'm better than at least a bunch of them now. But, like, the bottom end. And if they want smoke, I know a guy. (laughs) Contact my promoters. Tell Danny you want the smoke. I'll take a fast track to the UFC any day. I also know the top end of the amateurs here and the top end of some of the amateurs, like, yeah, 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 I know I can make it and I want to make it. And but like, I also want to test myself. Like, I don't want to get to that. I don't want to like delude myself into being like, yeah, I'm just so good. I'm just going to make it. And then I avoid, and then I just avoid all the tough fights till I make it. That's a little confusing to me. It's like one thing to be like, I'm ultra confident and I'm going to dominate all my opponents and I, I'll make it to the UFC. And then on your regional circuit, you avoid all of the shocks there Mm -hmm. as if the UFC isn't just shocks. There's like really big shocks and even bigger shocks. Like here, it's like you've got shocks, but like they're guppies in comparison until they make the UFC and they have to fight in that ranks. So I don't get the guys who will say they're confident to fight someone and then avoid all the tough fights. 
it makes no sense to me. It's like, take the tough fight. If you can't beat him, you can't beat him. If I lose a fight by split decision because a guy, because I learned, because I didn't do something, I'm watching the tape. I'm like, cool. Now I'm, that's something I'm going to learn. There's never a point where someone's going to just wrestle me and then the next fight, they're going to just wrestle me. And then they, no, because I'm going to go into camp and spend the entire camp in Dagestan wrestling and I'm going to become a better wrestler than the guy who wrestled me and the guy who thinks he's going to wrestle me the next time. Like with uh, D. Samasoni in, uh, what was it? Demolition in November, he outboxed me. And I realized I had focused so much on my wrestling, on my grappling, all this stuff, that my boxing went to shit. That's a fight I won. But I spent most of the early camp working my boxing, working because I'm like, I let my boxing slip. I let my submission slip. I should have finished him a few times. I let my wrestling, my wrestling was good, but I need to work all facets of who I am as an MMA fighter and become elite. Like that's the goal is to become an elite MMA fighter where it doesn't matter if I'm in the UFC, out of the UFC, everybody in on topology will look at me and be like, that's a complete and elite MMA fighter. And I know just doing that and with my work ethic, there's no way I can't make it. Oh, mate, it's, there, there's something there's something about you like just even watching you fight i was like okay this he's got something here there's 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 like a uh people are going to want to pay to see this you've you've got the record the way you're calling out fights mate the way you called out me and <laughs> the way we had this interview <laughs> like there is just something about you and uh we're very close to running out of time so i kind of want to just finish it with this this one thing, because I feel like I could talk to you about fights forever and I'll definitely have you back another time, especially when uh, your next fight's coming up. But after it's all said and done, how does Alfred Stoddart want to be remembered in mixed martial arts? Uh, I took every single fight and lived up to his potential in all ways and made made Ben Power proud. Like, that's one of the things because he believed in me and he's the first one where i was like i told him we were sitting down and i was like man i wish i had joined this gym and like started training like four years earlier because i would have jumped into an mma fight and he's just like you have the athleticism and the skills and the work ethic you can you can go 10 whole years in mma because he's with he was with anthony parosh elvis sinishik and he was there through all their careers and he's just like if you put your mind to it you can do it and after he told me that and I heard that from him, I was like, okay, if you're thinking that, because you you have no bullshit. If it's like too late, you're not going to mention it. But like, if you're saying that, then I'll, I'll give it full consideration. If I give it full consideration, then I want, I, when, I want when I'm in something, I'm in it completely. And I want everybody to know that. And uh, a, a slight vain part of myself says, scariest motherfucker I've ever fought. Holy shit. <laughs> My, I look, there's something about you uh, and I, I can't wait to see more of your career um dude thank you for taking the time uh, i really yeah. do appreciate it and your next fight please let me know straight away so we can have you back yeah 100 percent, man thank you probably against kick Campbell. awesome <laughs> i hope so anyone <laughs> anyone my coach would like that solely so we can go three and oh against res- resilience <laughs> well brother take it easy yeah i'll see you thank you